got a smartphone and you're new this morning, you can download the Harborside app. Go to the Play Store, download the Harborside app. All the scriptures, all the blanks, all the fill-ins are in your app. Got lots of scripture this morning, lots of fill-ins. And we're going to start with John chapter 1. So here we go. Then John gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. This is John the Baptist. He's talking about his relationship with Jesus. He has just baptized Jesus. He had Jesus in the you know, Jordan River, and he has this amazing experience, and he talks about the dove. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove, and it rested. That's a little Greek word for it. It rested. It remained on him. So let's go back 6,000 years. Go backwards. 6,000 years. Noah. Say Noah. No, you remember Noah, right? It rained for 40 days and 40 nights. You remember the story. What you may not remember is water covered the earth for 150 days. As the water is rescinding down uh, from the earth, Noah opens the ark and he sends out a dove. And he's hoping that the dove will go and like camp out somewhere, but the dove can't. The dove comes back because there was no place to rest. There was no place for the bird to sit down. In a sense, 6,000 years later is the symbolism of what John is talking about. John's like fast forward in warped speed 6,000 years to the Holy Spirit is in the symbol of a dove and it now rests, it now remains on the one we've been looking for for over 6,000 years. Let me say that all again. So here's Noah. We send out the dove. The dove has no place to lay, has no place to rest, no place to hang out. And the dove then symbolically is going to be flying for a long, long time because the dove can't rest on Abraham. The dove can't rest on Sarah. The dove can't rest on Moses. The dove can't rest on Isaac or Jacob. The dove can't rest on King Saul, King Solomon, King David. The dove will not rest on Elijah, Jeremiah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Jonah. The dove comes and rests on a man named Jesus. And John says this, I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove, and it remained on him. He's the one. Oh, baby, get ready, because he's the Messiah. And we've been looking for this for 6,000 years. And 6,000 years, the Spirit just keeps, nope, he's not the man. Nope, she's not the one. Nope, he's not the one. Nope, 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 nope. And 6,000 years later, the dove comes and it rests on Jesus. And John said, I saw it. Hallelujah, I was there is what he's saying. And I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. And they're asking John the Baptist, why are you baptizing? Are you Elijah? Are you the prophet Moses? Why are you baptizing? And John's going, look, 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 look. I baptize with water. But there stands one among you that I'm not even worthy to untie the guy's shoes. 
He's far greater than I am. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Someone's coming, said John, who will do this. And John said, the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I've seen and I testify that this is God's chosen one. And here's what John the Baptist is saying. I argued with him. I said, I shouldn't baptize you. You should baptize me. I had this confrontation with him. And he said, nope, you're going to baptize me to fulfill all righteousness. And when I baptized him, the Spirit of God descended on him and it stayed. It rested. It found a place to land. Don't miss this. And forever the Spirit was residing in Jesus. Mark chapter 1 tells us something even more profound. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee, and he was baptized by John in the Jordan. So now we have another biography. We have another author telling us similar story, but adding some more details that are absolutely profound. And so here's what this other author, Mark, tells us in the Gospel of Mark chapter 1, verse 9. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open. Have you ever just read over that? What does that mean that heaven was torn open? He saw the heaven torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And that's the symbolism of the Holy Spirit. Three years later, there's going to be another violent tear. And it will be the the veil in the temple that was rent from top to bottom. But this story, don't miss this. This is a story that for 6,000 years, heaven has wanted to have an open conduit. Heaven has wanted to have a clear path. For over 6,000 years, heaven wants to be torn open, and now heaven can come down to man. What does that mean? It means a lot. It's radical. Think about your prayer life. Most of us in our prayer lives are praying from earth to heaven. We're down here on earth, and we're asking God to get in on our deal. Hey, um, will you help me? Will you bless me? Will you give to me? Will you help my health? I made a real mess out of this. Can you get me out of this? I'm in the miry clay. Hey, are you water skiing? Are you at the ballet? Are you listening? Hey, hey. And most of us down here on earth think that our prayers go from earth to heaven. And we're down here somehow trying to get God's attention. This verse says it's just the opposite. Heaven's already got an agenda for you. Heaven's already open for you. Heaven's already trying to get you on heaven's agenda, not on your, you're not trying to get heaven on your agenda. And so the prayers in this are not from earth to heaven, trying to get God in on my deal. The prayers are, hey God, hey heaven, what's your will for me? What's your plan for me? What's your agenda for me? It's completely the opposite of how most of us pray. Now I've prayed down here, up to here. You have too. And it leaves you exhausted. And it leaves you frustrated. Because somehow you're always down here trying to get his attention. Are you paying attention? What do I need to do to get you in on my life? 
Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't pray prayers of help and desperation. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that'll leave you exhausted. And we usually pray those prayers when we get ourselves in trouble. And we have to pray those prayers when we got the whole thing backwards. We have to ask God to get us out of this mess. We have to ask God to help us with this because we've not caught heaven's agenda for our lives. And so we go through this Christian experience exhausted and frustrated and not understanding why this life is so hard. The heavens were torn open and now there's like this incredible opportunity for heaven to come down to this earth. Now, would Jesus support this? I'm so glad you asked that. You're just so smart. I'm just so glad you asked that. The only thing that disciples ever asked Jesus to do is to teach them how to pray. It's the only quote in Scripture that we have that Jesus was asked by the disciples, will you teach us how to pray? Because they saw something different. They were always trying to pray from earth up to heaven. Jesus seemed to be just the opposite. He got heaven to come down to earth. He got in on what heaven's goal and agenda was for his life. And so here's what he says. When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. They love to pray standing in synagogues on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they've received the reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, pray to your Father who's unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret, he will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans. That's what the pagans do. Hey, God. Hey, God. we got to get you. Hey, God, are you listening? The pagans keep on babbling, 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 trying to get God's attention, thinking they'll be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Heaven already has a plan for you. Before you even ask God, heaven has an agenda for you. The challenge is to figure that out. The challenge is, what is heaven's plan for my life? Single, married, buy, sell, go, stay. That's the challenge. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. I think a lot of us are just like them. We're trying to get God in on our deal. He's already ahead of me. He's already ahead of you. The challenge is, what does he want for your life? Here's what Jesus says. This then is how you should pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And catch the next verse. This is the ding, 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 ding right here. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, on earth as heaven has an agenda. On earth as it is in heaven. My friends, you don't have to figure this out. Heaven's already got an agenda for you, your family, your kids, whatever it is in your life. On earth as it is in heaven. What is heaven's will for your life? That's what you got to figure out. What's the Father's goal, will? On earth as it is in heaven. The heavens were torn open. Now, let's tie all this together real quickly. So the dove can't land. It skips over all these patriarchs, all these kings, all these prophets, and it lands on the, the, the Messiah, it lands on Jesus Christ. And when Jesus Christ is baptized, 
At that moment, the heavens are torn open. And now there's this incredible conduit from heaven to earth. I've quit praying prayers from earth to heaven. I've done that for like 50-some years, and it's left me exhausted. I'll set it to this side. (laughs) They didn't hear it. Hasn't it left you exhausted? And you're frustrated, right? Why not do it the way Jesus did it? That's just a novel idea. I missed that for like 50-some years. On earth as it is in heaven. So in John chapter 14, Jesus is telling everybody this is what's going to happen. I love this because they're clueless. I would have been clueless too. In John 14, he says, I'm getting ready to leave. I'm getting ready to go away. And I'm going to send you my spirit. Makes no sense. They are completely clueless. This doesn't make any sense. You're going to send us what? The spirit. What's the spirit? Because so far, God has only dwelt in a tabernacle. So far, God's only dwelt in a tent. So far, God's only been in a temple. And now Jesus is saying, God wants to dwell inside of you and inside of me. I'd have been just as lost as they were. They did not understand this for quite some time. But here's what he said. And I will ask the Father, I'm getting ready to leave you guys. It's going to be good. They're going, it's not going to be good. We're freaked out. Yeah, it's going to be good. And he will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever. Advocate's like a lawyer. Are you giving us a lawyer? I mean, they're they're thinking that Jesus is going to give them like an attorney to help them with contracts and negotiations. They're completely clueless. And he will be with you forever. He's called the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and he will be in you. When Jesus said these words, they were clueless The Spirit in me? Up until this time, the Spirit was only outside, occasionally on somebody, occasionally on David, occasionally on Ezekiel or Jeremiah. The Spirit would not come among all of the believers. For He lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day you will realize that I am in the Father and you are in me and I am in you. Clueless. Makes absolutely no sense. How can God be in me at the same time? All this I've spoken to you while I was still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. They were terrified. Absolutely terrified. And so, Jesus dies. Jesus resurrects. None of them expected Jesus to come back from the dead. Nobody's outside the tomb with the choir and a band going 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, blast off, the stones rolled away. Nobody's expecting that. The women bring all these spices. Why? Because you bring spices for what kind of a body? A dead body. And so nobody expected a resurrection. And so 50 days after Jesus rose from the dead, it's called Pentecost, Acts chapter 2 fully describes this. And that was a church service that you don't want to miss. 
And in that church service, Jesus said the Holy Spirit's coming. And that church service in Acts chapter 2 is when the Holy Spirit descended on all the people. And from that point on, all believers in Christ have been promised an overflowing of the Spirit of God inside of them. Now, what we do on ch- at church and most churches is we preach salvation messages. And that's good because there are people that need to accept Jesus as their Savior. But that's the, what we preach week in and week out, week in and week out. But most of you are already saved. And, and God has a bigger agenda for your life Now, if you're not saved this morning, this is a great time for you to think about this, and there's nothing more important than your sins being forgiven and for you to get to go to heaven. That is awesome. That's the place to start. But God has something he wants you to do. He has something he wants you to be. He wants you to go into environments and change environments. He wants you to go into darkness and change it from darkness to light. He has you to go into workplaces that are very negative and very dark, and he wants you to be salt and light in those workplaces. Everything about you, he has placed you inside of a family, might be lowercase d dysfunctional, might be capital D dysfunction, doesn't really matter. He's placed you in those families for a reason, for you to influence and impact your family. God has an agenda for you. The heavens were torn open. And what you and I must do is figure out on earth as it is where? In heaven. That's our challenge. I want want to show you a quote right now by um, a chaplain. He was was a chaplain of the U.S. Senate for a long, long time, Dr. Richard Halverson. And I loved what the Senate chaplain would say. And he'd He'd end Senate prayer meetings with this. He'd end his worship services with this. And here's what Dr. Halverson would always say. You go nowhere by accident. Wherever you go, God is sending you. Wherever you are, God has put you there. He has a purpose in your being there. Christ who indwells you has something he wants to do through you where you are. Believe this and go in his grace and his love and in his peace. And the great Dr. Halverson would conclude his services that way and absolutely convinced that the heavens have been torn open and there's an agenda that God has for your life. Now, maybe that overwhelms you a little bit. And you look around, you go, man, how can I influence my culture? How can I influence my environment? And you get overwhelmed maybe by what other people perceive or other people have or what you think they are. And and, and here's a a line that I want you to catch. It might seem like they have what you want, but you have what they need if you have Jesus. What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and he forfeits his soul? Who cares how much money somebody has if they're going to hell? What, What difference does it make how many PhDs you have if you've not given your life to Christ? What difference does it make how many toys you possess, how much influence you have today if you've not given your life to him for eternity? It just doesn't matter. You have what people need. And so in high school, I'm looking at you. You guys have what everybody needs around you. College, 
You have what others need around you. Never underestimate the fact that you have something that they absolutely need. And that's Christ. And that's salvation. And that's a faith. They may have something you want, shiny sports car, Porsche, whatever, all right? But you have what they need. And so give them what they need. What they need is Jesus. Well, I'm scared because I've never been this way before. I'm not really sure how to just walk by the Spirit. I'm, I'm not either. I'm not going to stand here in front of you and say this is easy. God's Holy Spirit inside of me sometimes scares me to death. Because he asks me to do some things that I'm not always comfortable doing. And I, I, it's outside of my, my comfort zone sometimes. I, I don't always, I, I don't hear a megaphone. When I hear God speaking to me, it's more like this. <clears throat> hey, Kurt, what are you going to do? Why are you going to do that? I want you to do this. I, I don't hear a megaphone. It, it's usually a quiet voice inside of my, my human spirit. And so the Holy Spirit, it's inside of you for you. There's th- I won't give you three of these, but that's the first one. The Holy Spirit's inside of you for you. Absolutely. He wants you to know you're a son. Absolutely. He wants you to know you're a daughter. He wants you to know you're a child of the King. Holy Spirit places His Spirit inside of you so that you cannot be shameful, not shame on you, shame off you. So that you can be forgiven and free and live forever. The Holy Spirit of God comes upon you for you. Because he wants to bless you. He wants your human spirit and his Holy Spirit to be high-fiving each other inside of you. And for there to be life and peace. So he comes inside of you for you. But, but he really also comes inside of you for, for others. You've not been saved so you can sit in a pew and stew. You've been saved to change your home, to change your school, to change your workplace, to change your culture, to change your environment. You've been born again so that the Spirit of God inside of you will change your environments. That was a really good point, Kurt. I don't know if anybody got it, but that's, that's why you're to change your environments. That's what you're supposed to do. And thirdly, the Spirit can be in you and it's on you. It's just, it's just, it's the way it is. So here's the challenge for you this week. I've never had a dove, a real bird dove, land on my shoulder. But let's say I did. Let's say a bird landed on your shoulder. Everybody in the room got their own dove. How would you walk if a dove was on your shoulder? They're a little skittish. They're peaceful birds. They're phlegmatics. They're they're just calm and peaceful. How would you walk if a dove, how would you carry yourself Would it be herky-jerky, always in a hurry? You know, how would you carry yourself if a dove was on your shoulder? 
I saw a teacher do this, and it, it stuck with me, and I'll never forget it. This is my boat towel. This is clean, but it's my boat towel. Wash and wax the boat with this microfiber towel, so it's clean right now. But let's say this symbolizes the dove, the Holy Spirit. So when you and I become Christians, the Holy Spirit then comes to reside on us. I know it doesn't match the jacket, but the point is I want you to see it. And so you've got now the Holy Spirit on you, on on top of you, and everywhere I go, whether I'm at Target, whether I'm at Walmart, whether I'm driving on US 19, whether I'm coming out of the church parking lot, um, wherever I go, whatever I do, wherever I am, I'm cognizant, I'm aware that I've got the Spirit of God on me. And I walk in every conversation. I'm clear about this. I'll never forget a few years ago, I was at our Publix. It was a Sunday afternoon. And um, it's like 4 o'clock. And I preached three times. And I'm exhausted that afternoon. And I go in just to get an apple. And I go to the checkout line that says 10 items or less. And the lady in front of me has 21 items. I counted them. I, I can feel a stroke coming on inside of me. I'm ready to just nail her. Like, really? Can, can you, you know, count? I mean, you know, there wasn't a halo. There were horns coming out at 4 o'clock on a Sunday afternoon. Thank God I didn't say anything. She goes through the line. She turns around. And she said, I really enjoyed your sermon this morning. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you so much. She was in the second hour today, by the way, and I told her I was going to tell that story. She just shook her head. Every day, you got the Spirit. So how are you going to, how are you going to act? What are you going to say? What are you not going to say? What are you going to do? What are you not going to do? See, we, we've got the Spirit to go into environments to change them. So let's change our environments. Let's change our environments. Let's change our families. Let's change our schools. Let's change our neighborhood. Let's change our workplaces. Let's change everything that we touch. We don't have to make it happen. We don't have to cause it and create it. We just got to let the Spirit do the Spirit. Heaven's got an agenda. I just got to figure it out. What's heaven's agenda for me on earth as it is in heaven? So here's what I want you to do this week. I don't know that you can go to work and wear a towel or cloth. Maybe you can. If you own your own business, you can probably do whatever you want to do. But most of you probably can't go to school or can't go to work wearing something like this on your shoulder. Put something in your pocket. Every time you reach in there, there's a piece of cloth or some piece of clothing or something that you can remember. I I got the Holy Spirit inside of me. Put something on your screen, on your phone. You check your phone 18 times every minute. Check, put something on, on on your screen. Just check it. Put something at home on the bathroom mirror. Just, just something that something physical and tangible this week that will remind you 
wherever I go, whatever I do, wherever I'm walking, wherever I'm at, I've got the Holy Spirit of God. Just, I, I'm just, I got the dove. 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 Okay? All right, let's stand up. Prayer partners, if you would, come on down. And if you've never given your life to Jesus, boy, I can't think of a better day to do it. Today's the day to do it. Give your life to Christ. Maybe you'd like special prayer from our prayer partners because you really want to walk and live like this and you just need some, some help. You just need some people to come pray for you and love on you and say, help me, help me, help me. And we'll do that. We'll be honored to do that today. To the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only true God, be glory and honor forever and forever. In your name we pray, Jesus.